0: Hey guys, welcome to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. This is episode number 43, and my name is Gabby, your host. And if you are new here, welcome. I am so glad that you are here, however you found uh, this podcast. If you're not new here, welcome back. And just as grateful to have you here tuning in. Oh man, it's been a week. And I'm going to just give you a quick little... uh, heads up, I don't know. I've been like, my nose is on like drain mode. So I've got Kleenex here. I'll try and pause this to like, you know, blow my nose every now and again, but, and try to not sniffle. (laughs) Um, But if I sound a little stuffy, that is what's going on. And, um, you know, honestly, we're dipping back into some pretty chilly weather again here uh, in the Midwest. And uh, yeah, just being 33 weeks pregnant and Uh, Always, you know, busy doing things and burning the candle at both ends. uh, Just sometimes life catches up to you. And um, yeah, so that might be what's going on. But we also had this ridiculously weird stomach bug go through our home. But I honestly think it was from some food that we ate. Um, And it just caught us at different times our bodies processed it different. Um, Juliet really didn't eat much of it, which I'm grateful for. Um, she's been like boycotting meat lately. I don't, I don't know why. Like she'll only eat like pureed pouches (laughs) of meat and I don't give her that many pureed things. Like she just eats what we eat. And she used to be like gobbling up meat. I remember telling Alex one night, I was like, this girl devours meat. And now she's like sniffs her nose up, crinkles her nose up and puts her lip out like, "Mm, I don't want it. (laughs) So anyway, she didn't eat any of it. But I'm thinking it was some questionable chicken um, drumsticks that I bought from Aldi. And yeah, they just they didn't cook. I don't know the way they cooked. And I kind of had to like keep recooking them. And honestly, guys, the only reason I bought them, they were like 79 cents a pound. And I was like, like, I can't always buy organic and grass-fed and f- pasture and all the things in every single area of our home, okay? And I was like, a cheap way, a great way to feed our family. Winston loves to eat them off the bone. He loves eating drumsticks. And so I was like, what the heck? I'm just going to buy two family packs. They were like five, six bucks a pop. Um, and I just froze them in smaller bags, f- you know, to pull out for our portion for our family. Um, well, I guess that's what I get for buying <laughs> Aldi chicken. Mind you, the only meat I really buy from Aldi would be like an organic whole chicken that they've had marked down um, in price or um, I basically only buy their grass-fed organic beef and that's all. I don't buy meat from Aldi like ever. (laughs) Sometimes I get chicken from there Um, but that's like if I'm making a meal for a family but it's not the drumsticks and stuff where there's like all the meat I'm sorry. All the bone and the fat and the cartilage and the tendons, like it's typically just chicken breast. So I'm not sure. Maybe it was my cooking, my air fryer. I didn't. I don't know because I had to pop it back in. So anyway, we uh, had a little bit of a bug go through our home because of that. So I had gone out to my parents' house on. I had like been busy, busy. So that was a Monday night, busy, 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 busy all of Tuesday. I even taught class. All the things. And was preparing to get my kids out the door in the early evening to get out to my parents, which is an hour drive, basically. And Alex, you know, it's tax season. He's studying for an exam. Like, you know, he wasn't coming. So it was me, all three kids, loaded up, driving out to my parents' farm. And I just, after dinner, I just felt like I feel off. I don't feel good. I felt like very full, very tight in my belly and I was like, am I having contractions? Am I like, or maybe it's just I ate too much and I, you know, forget that, you know, I fill up a little faster. I have no idea. Um, I just felt uncomfortable. I couldn't get, I couldn't get comfortable in any position. I even laid down on my parents' couch later that night. Um, we were celebrating my sister's birthday and I just felt like this is not normal for me. And I uh, ended up getting the kids packed up and out, but we didn't leave till like 930 at night. I get home, and honestly, the whole drive home, I was like, don't throw up, don't throw up, <laughs> and I get home, and I think it's just because I was on mom mode, like, I just got to get home, I just got to get my kids in bed, and I just got to get my butt in bed, and all will be okay, uh, get them all in bed, they transition just fine, I, I, Alex had someone over he was chatting with late la- that night and I was like I don't mean to be rude I'm going to bed it's like 10 30 10 45 and I lay down in bed for a half an hour and then I roll over and all of a sudden I was like yep there it is it's coming <laughs> and I know I'm sorry if this grosses you out hey real life we all do it and we rarely get sick in this home so sometimes I'm just like yeah caught off guard by it all so that was me in all its glory, pregnant. And, uh, if I can be full transparency, (laughs) sorry, if you're new here, this is a lot of information, but 33 weeks pregnant, throwing up, it's a lot of core pressure. So I'm just trying to be relatable here. And you know, if you've ever had this happen when you're pregnant, Hey, great. We we've done it. Um, I couldn't help help myself and I like accidentally like peed on my legs like like I just I couldn't I couldn't help it like it was like everything that was coming out the top like it was uncontrollable what was happening down below because of all the core pressure and the baby pushing on my bladder and all the things and I felt like very humbled in that moment and I was like okay this is like real deal motherhood here experiencing all of the all of the things so it was very humbling I texted Alex immediately and his friend left and was like I need you I can't come downstairs until he's gone and yeah so um that was that that was lovely so I took a shower and I felt pretty much immediately better afterwards (laughs) slept really good Uh, and just took the next day and sat on my butt like all day, just chilled, well, besides chasing the kids. My kids were a little off, Um, the boys were, so we watched a lot of movies, and um, played a game, and then I had Winston and Titus both get sick within 10 minutes of each other that evening. That was fun, not really, it's not fun to clean all that up, especially when pregnant, and just can't bend over easy, and kneeling and all the smells and all the things. It's just like, gotta do it. Um, so I got one cleaned up to then come back in the kitchen to find the other one trying to get into the garbage can. At least he tried. So anyway, I don't know why I shared all of that, but that just was my week. Um, yeah, Tuesday night, all of Wednesday, Thursday, we... Didn't go anywhere either just to make sure it was truly just that one-and-done thing, which it was. My kids were, like, immediately after they got sick, they were like, Mom, can we eat? Mom, I'm hungry. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they don't understand. And I was like, well, here, you can have some honey toast. (laughs) No! Well, guess what? You don't get anything else. And then they were hungry later. Well, guess what? Alex was like, I could just go for a bowl of rice. And so we just made some rice. And Winston had some oatmeal. (laughs) <laughs> and I think I just ate, like, toast with peanut butter all day. Um, that was all I, all I really wanted. But uh, we made it through. We are now just kind of battling a little bit of some sneezes and some runny nose, sneezing and runny noses. Um, but I hope that you guys are staying healthy and well um, this time of year. And kind of, I guess this will transition right into our, <laughs> our um, topic for the day. Uh, so we are going to chat a little bit about bone broth because I also had spent that entire Tuesday leading up to going out to my parents and, you know, all the getting sick. So I'm glad I got it done. I had um, popped some chickens that my parents gave me into a stock pot to start making some home- more bone broth. I was needing to use them and get them out of my freezer and um, I got them all pressure canned just before we left. So I'm really grateful that we had it all done. And so I've had people comment on it. I've shared. and I have a little sourdough sisterhood chat group. And we always share like mostly sourdough things, but also non-sourdough. Like just homesteading, life, uh, self-sufficient type things that we've accomplished or done or are just wanting to share with one another. And um, so I, you know, I had mentioned that I had made these and... Some people are like, I got to try that. It's on my list. I got to do that. And I want to learn pressure canning and I, you know, or I'm so intimidated and I have people that see what I share on, you know, my Instagram or my Facebook and I want people to, to know how easy it is. But also like, if you're not into making it yourself, like there are a couple brands out there that I would recommend. Um, but I'm sure you're wondering like what, you know, what is bone broth? So, it's different than like stock and just broth that you would use for most soups or that you would find in most recipes and in soups and things that you would buy. Um, so, the th- difference there is when stock and broth are made, if you're buying a chicken stock and chicken broth, and then you look at the prices of bone broth, they are significantly different. And the reason why is the time it takes to make. And the ingredients it uses. And the only big difference is stock and broth are both can be cooked, I don't know, over two to four hours. And you're only using the meat and the veggies and the herbs. And you're not using any bones. Some broth uses a little bit of bones, but it's definitely not cooked on any sort of long-term span to draw out the minerals and the vitamins from the bones and the marrow and everything inside. So that is why it is cheaper and what makes it different. And when you look at bone broth, you're going to see protein content and you're going to see a more higher price take value on it because it takes more time and um, it has a ton more nutrition packed into it. And it tastes super good. Like some people will just sip on it when they're sick. It's really good for immune boosting. It's good for um, anti-inflammatory. It's good for gut health. It's good for your joints. It's got collagen in it, which we'll talk about. Um, And so with bone broth, hence the name, it's going to have bones. And it is cooked on a 24-hour to 48-hour time span. Now, I know some people have these Instapots and they can do... Uh, These crazy, like, pressure it and cook it in lickety-split. That's fine. Like, I don't have one. I don't really know how to use it. I don't understand fully. Like, does it really, like, cut the time that much shorter? I'm not, like, entirely certain on that. Um, I think it does help, or you don't have to cook it as long um, over the course of time. But if you just have a giant crock pot, or a couple, or a Nesco, or you just want to use a giant big stock pot on your stove, you can use it. Um do it that way. And so sometimes it depends on how many bones I have if I end up having to use my stove or um I can use my my crock pot. So bone broth is going to be more of the nourishing one. If you're just like making a plain old soup and you know it doesn't it doesn't matter to you. Like that's fine. Like buy the buy the stock and the broth but like I hope that you are reading labels, um, we've talked about it before, a lot of those, okay, you want chicken, chicken broth, great, make sure it doesn't have natural flavoring, because guess what, like, they're just making it taste more and more like chicken, like, I know when I'm having fake chicken noodle soup, like, I know it, I can taste it, because it's the fake natural flavor chicken, like, natural flavoring of the chicken, I just want real, just give me the real stuff, it's not that hard, people, (laughs) I get so frustrated where I'm like, I'm at Aldi and I don't want to go to another store, but all their broths just have junk in them. Like even the organic ones where it has natural chicken flavoring. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't understand. Just use chicken, herbs, salt, and veggies. Be done. (laughs) Nothing else. Okay. So, um, like I said, you can make it or you can buy it. The two brands I would recommend are Kettle and Fire and Bonafide, I think, is another brand. And if I think of one more, I will pop it in the show notes, but I'll be sure to pop those down in the show notes. You can buy them when they're on sale. You can get them on Thrive Market. You can find a promo code. Um, you can buy it in bulk and get it cheaper. Like um, A handful of stores do carry carry them. Uh, So you can always check those, your local stores out too. Um, I've even seen it at like Pick and Save or Metro Market, um, Woodman's, and like Whole Foods type places, like your local health store. Um, So yeah, you can definitely buy it there, but um, making it is so much more cost effective. It is not that hard and you can make a lot of it. You can make a lot of it. So it's, I, I just want to encourage you that it's it's easier than you think. I know a lot of people are intimidated by it and I know this isn't like a physical workshop but I just want to share you know my experience with it. I've been making it for a long time. Definitely not always perfect at it and um, I kind of learned um, after we got married a little bit more and more about it um, and watched My mother-in-law make her own, and learning like keeping the bones in for a long time, and how there's vitamins and minerals in the marrow that's inside the bones. So that's like the that's like the dark red, pasty stuff that you see inside of the bones. Chicken bones, um, you're gonna see it definitely in beef bones. Like those are huge. Um, Chicken bones, you have to like cook them long enough to be able to break them in half and see it. But chicken bone or beef bones, they end up getting cut down smaller because they're just giant Um, and I know that because we just helped (laughs) butcher my parents uh, cow and those man they're just huge they are huge Um, but in bone broth the whole goal of bone broth is the nutrition that comes from it and the benefits that it gives to your body and one of those is, um, like, collagen. And, and what that does is help promote a lot of healthy um, joints, skin health, gut health, digestive health, and sleep. Um, so all, that is going to be coming from the bone broth that you're making with the bones. Um, bone broth is going to, it has both collagen has gelatin. So think of like that jelly. I think my baby has the hiccups. I'm like, my belly is like moving on a consistent basis. Sorry. I'm like distracted by that. Um, my belly keeps like popping. Uh, so it has collagen, gelatin, and glycine. So glycine is an amino acid, which is a building block to protein. So hence the protein that's going to be found. Usually a cup of it is about ten grams. Uh, everything else is there's no carbs and there's no fat typically in any of your bone broth. So tons of vitamins and minerals and some protein to help build. And it's so good glycine that there's there's twenty essential there's twenty amino acids that are building blocks to protein and they all serve different purposes and functions. And glycine um, helps with Muscle function and health, brain, and metabolic, so your metabolism. So you are getting your bang for your buck here. So much goodness in your broth. Now, you typically want to make sure that you're always sourcing grass-fed, um, regenerative farming organic if you can, Um, you know, just not the 79 cent drumstick meat that you would buy at Aldi. Like I even told Alex before this whole sickness had come, like I don't save these bones. Like we throw these out because I don't want crap chicken making crap bone broth. Like it's not worth it. And I don't want that. I don't want all the leaching of everything these birds have been given in every single jar of my bone broth at home. Like I don't want it in the rest of our meals. We're eating this every once in a while. I'll get it like, okay, fine. It's not going to hurt us. Like, you know, this is part of balance, but I'm not going to purposefully make it something that's going to be in our home longer than it needs to be, if that makes sense. So I only save the bones and I'll share this like what I do. Um, from organic or pasture-raised or, like, ones from my parents that I know how they've raised their chickens um, for our freezer. So, we'll get to that in a minute. But just making sure that you're sourcing, like, don't use crummy bones, okay? And if you don't buy, you know, either beef or chicken on the bone that often, you can source from local farmers. You can go to a, a farmer's, like, um, store there's one out by my parents and they sell all the chicken feet and chicken bones and um, like beef bones and and feet and knuckles and all the things um, because people use these to make broth. And if you don't buy them or you want really good quality um, or you don't have your own own farm to do this, which most people don't, um, you have access to it, which I think is so cool. So when they're better sourced, The better vitamins, the more vitamins, the better nutrition, and the more nutrition you're going to get from it. So, I hope that I encouraged you there. Now, the goal with bone broth is low and slow, okay? Remember, stock and broth is cooked over like the two to four, maybe six hours, you know, depending on the brand that you buy. I don't really know. But definitely not 24 hours, 36, 48 hours like bone broth. So low heat and slow over time. And that is what's going to create your gelatin, the jiggly part. Okay, so when it cools off and is in your fridge, you're going to see that it literally looks like jello. And that means you've done it right. That you've now. Not every time does it happen for me, and that's okay. It still is nutritious, but it just isn't as collagen rich. There's still a lot of vitamins and minerals and health, and I can still use it to make our soups and our and our um, stews and our pot pies and and things like that. Um, it's a homemade chicken bone broth, you know. So not all of them have always turned out jiggly. I did have the batch before this one that I made. It did turn out really really well. I was super um excited about it. Uh but the goal with that to make it jiggly is low and slow. And if you want to make sure that you do get that gelatin, which I didn't really I didn't really have this part this time. Um and I do, actually I really don't I don't buy these. Uh, and I want to more often, just for broth purposes, uh, is using knuckle bones, chicken feet, or pig feet. Sounds disgusting. You don't eat them, trust me. But they are what add the collagen portion to create the gelatin. That's what helps with the gelatinous um, consistency when you let those simmer in there. So, you now that sounds really gross, but again, I've seen them sold vacuum sealed bags at a local farm store or you can talk to a farmer nearby or just get in a Facebook group and ask around like where do people source these from or how can I get them and I'm sure you can find them online and get them shipped to you you know there are endless um, ways to do this so there are different, you know the different kinds of bone broth that you can make are you know obviously beef broth and chicken broth, you can kind of mix and match a little bit. I typically like to keep them separate, so I'll do only like beef and pork together, and chicken by itself. But if you're making, it's all dependent on the flavor profile that you like and what and what you prefer. Like if you're just not into beef, then don't do the beef. Um, Beef, so, you know. So I was kind of digging and doing a little bit of researching and a couple of extra things um, before this podcast just to add some more value. And. Uh, you know, I noticed people would do their chicken stock, but they would add in, or no, they would do their beef broth, but they would add in like chicken feet to add the gelatin and the collagen, more collagen, and um, beef, the marrow and the bones, like making sure they had a bunch of those. Um, and and so people do mix and match. I have some jars downstairs in my basement um, with some pasture-raised um, pork bone and my parents beef from their cattle so I I made beef slash pork broth (laughs) and it tastes great it's just fine and uh, so I did that but I typically keep chicken separate I don't know why I feel like I can't mix the two I don't know maybe it's just like a thing I gotta get over but I had a really hard time putting the pork bones in because I was like I feel like pork is gross But if you're sourcing it correctly, which this was, then there's no, there's still great nutrition in there. So anyway, um, so basically what I do is anytime I have a better sourced type of meat that had bone in or on it, I will save those, throw them in a bag, a Ziploc gallon bag, and label it. And throw it in my freezer. Even if it's got like some meat left on it, and, and like we pick off all the stuff that we want to keep, and then I throw in all the rest of the carcass or the bones and any schnibbles left on it. Um, and that goes in the freezer until either I'm like, we're out and I need some, or I need to make space in my freezer, or like, hey, I feel like making some, um, and I have enough. So I will pull out the bags, I will dump them into my container of choice that I am cooking them in, whether it's the stove or the crock pots. I will throw in any scraps. So I save a lot of celery scraps, onion. Um, a lot of this goes in my compost, but I've seen people just throw in onion with the skins, the peels, all that stuff. Uh, you know, anything they've cut off from onions, they've thrown in the freezer, carrot peels. I just throw sometimes whole carrots in there. Like I'll chop them up smaller, but I'll just throw them in. I'll chop up an onion and maybe a couple cloves of fresh garlic. And that's about it. I don't add a whole lot. You can or you you don't have to add vegetables. Um, That's just for more flavor and um, personal preference. Um, I do a little bit of salt and then I do a splash Um, Some recipes say to do it and some don't. Again, it's all based on, there's so many uh, approaches. Um, But I'll do a couple splashes of apple cider vinegar. It doesn't end up tasting like it at all. Like there's no, there's none of that in there. But what it actually does is it helps draw the minerals out of the bones. So when you add the vinegar, you probably could just do regular vinegar, but maybe, I don't know, I see most recipes call for apple cider vinegar. So don't do, don't do regular I would either do red wine vinegar or apple cider vinegar. Um, it's probably more easier on the taste profile with it in there than just straight on vinegar. I'm guessing. I'm just hypothetically guessing. <laughs> um, so yeah, adding that helps to draw the marrow. I'm sorry, the nutrition out of the bones, all the all the minerals. Okay, so then you just fill it up with water till it covers the bones. I don't measure water. I just cover the bones. So there's no like this many pounds of bones to this many cups of water. Like it's just, you know, don't just have three little drumsticks, drum, drumstick bones in your broth and then fill a giant pot with it. Like, of course, you're not going to get that much. But if you've had like a whole chicken, you know, you got one or two of those carcasses, great. You can make a giant pot. Um, You know, you got a whole, whole chicken carcass and then, you know, some bits and pieces from... Chicken drumsticks or wings or whatever uh, that you've acquired. Yeah, just throw it all together in there and you'll have lots, lots to simmer over time. Uh, beef bones, some people will recommend that you roast them. So, from frozen, that's going to take longer. So, if they're fresh, obviously not but frozen either you let it come to room temp or you are um just having to keep them in the oven a little bit longer and what you're doing is you're roasting them at like 400 or 425 for 15 to 20 minutes now probably a little longer if they are from straight from frozen and you don't have time and you're just trying to get them in it helps with flavor it just kind of draws out more of the flavor in your broth if you roast them if you don't have time to roast them it's okay i think one of my batches i didn't roast them um, So again, these are all just kind of like different approaches and methods. So some people will um, just roast them for that short bit um, just to help kind of get the juices, the good juices and flavor profile uh, out. Um, And beef is one that will take a little bit longer to draw out the vitamins and the minerals. So this one you will want to cook... For a more like 36-hour to 48-hour time frame. Um, On low on your crock pot, if you can set a timer. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'll turn my, we have a gas stove. So um, I'll have it on low, you know, after it comes to a good boil. Then I'll just have it on low to be simmering all day. We just aren't comfortable being asleep with it on. So I'll just turn it off when we go to bed and I'll turn it back on in the morning. And it's, I mean, the whole pot is super hot. So it stays It stays hot or very warm all night, so I'm not concerned. I just turn it off, and then I'll turn it back on the next day, and I'll do that for two or three days depending on how long um, I need to simmer it or when I can really get to it. Um, So that is kind of my, you know, that's when I have a lot of bones as I'll use the stove. When I just have a fair amount, um, I will use my crock pot, and that's super easy. I just set it to low, and I let it do its thing. (laughs) Um. So, you fill it up with all your bones. If you want the veggies, if you want the herbs, you know, whatever, the apple cider vinegar, you add that all in there. Fill it to cover the bones with the water. Don't overcomplicate it. Set it to low and just let it cook. Just let it cook. You can stir it. You can check on it. It's like a little baby you want to check on all the time. <laughs> um, it provides a good smell and aroma after a while when it gets all... Simmered together. And then, what you're going to do is you let it um, cool off. Well, you're going to strain it, but it's really, really hot. So, if you want to let it cool for a little while, you can do that too. Like, I've turned it off, kind of cracked the lid, just let it be for a while till I can get to it. And then I take out the big chunks, kind of like scoop them out with a, or get them with the tongs, or grab a little strainer scooper uh, and take out the things and just toss them in a garbage bag there are ways you can you can put them in your compost you can throw it in the garbage not everything can go in your compost but anyway I just toss things in garbage bags and throw them away because by this point I'm like I just want the broth I need to get it um preserved and I just want to be done I don't want to deal with anything else (laughs) so I just toss it in a garbage bag and throw it in the trash can and so take out all the stuff and then I strain it a couple times until um, you you like the, the look of the broth. So I strain it through a mesh strainer. You can use cheesecloth, um, but you want to make sure that you don't have any big chunks of anything in there. And once that's all strained, then you can uh, let it sit in a pot and let it chill somewhere in the fridge if it's cold outside you can place it in your garage Um, but you want it to cool off or you just pop it in a couple jars depending on how many how much you've made I don't know and you can place it in your fridge and you can either save the fat that rises to the top or you can and use it for cooking or whatever Um, you could let it mix back in every time you heat it up um, for some extra flavor. Or um, you can scrape it off and just toss it. Um, And so I typically let all the fat come to the top. I scrape it off. Either I give it to our kitty cat. um, Depending on what it is, I've saved it for some cooking. But otherwise, I'll just toss it. I just toss the little bit of fat on the top. And then I have, there are two ways that I have, excuse me, saved my broth. And now that I have a very full freezer with a lot of pork in it right now, because we've got our first pig this year I have to be very mindful of the space I have and so this is why I've learned pressure canning and so what I do is what I used to do I'll tell you is I would save old yogurt containers like from Aldi Costco's got the giant ones Um, I have so many of them and I just save them and I will pour my cooled broth because you don't want to put it in there hot especially if it's plastic don't put hot broth in there because you don't want it like melting it or getting any like chemical in it so I basically whenever it's cooled off and all all done I and the fat is skimmed off I will pour it in there and cover it label it and pop it in the freezer and it's as simple as that I have frozen some in ice cube trays to make it easy for when I just need a little bit I don't need a whole bunch uh, for maybe like a soup or just like a pot pie or like I don't know something that called for a little bit and or just to warm up in a mug you could do that too and you can freeze them ice cubes and then pop them out into a bag you can freeze them in little silicone muffin liners and then pop those out like there's so many different ways So find a method. I've done plastic bags, like uh, Ziploc bags. That's just, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. You can't even get it out when frozen like you really want to because who has time to plan ahead, right? So just don't do plastic bags. Like just, that's just not worth your time because I'll tell you a trick. When you use old yogurt containers, you don't have to plan ahead necessarily Where you're like, shoot, I want to make soup or or I was going to make soup and I didn't thaw any of that broth. What am I going to do? You can take out your containers, flip them upside down and let hot water run over the top of it. Roll it around the sides of it, like kind of like move the container around under the hot, warm water. And it's going to loosen it from the sides. It's going to loosen it from the edges. And all of a sudden you're going to feel it like shift and go like it's going to like plop down into the lid. And so then what you do is you pop it into this giant frozen cylinder is going to slide right on out into your pot and you turn your pot on, you know, medium heat, cover it, and it's just going to slowly melt right in there and boom, you're good. You've, it'll be, it'll be done in no time. Chop up your stuff and all the things and it'll be mostly melted. So that has been my, my trick. Now with pressure canning, this is not water bath canning. Pressure canning allows you to not have to freeze it; it becomes shelf stable. It's like you went and go pick, went and picked up a jar off the shelf at the store. Okay, so this is the ability to be able to do that here. And I remember being terrified of using my first jar after I used it because I was like, "Does it smell okay? It's sealed. I mean, it smells okay. I'll be the first one to try it. Like I'm, you know, and and it smelled great. It was sealed when you know I had to really get the cap off. The lid off, and um, it it worked phenomenally. It tasted great, um, so I was super impressed and excited. So pressure canning is a whole another um, ball game. It's, it doesn't have to be overwhelming and scary. Um, it, I mean, it's new. It was new for me, and still is in a lot of things that I haven't tried yet. Um, but this is um, something that you can make and preserve and have on your shelf and not have to rely on a freezer. So. Um, I had done 13 jars, 13 quarts of my chicken, uh, you know, this past week, and I have some beef downstairs, and I have some um, beef slash pork down there. Now, the thing with the pressure canning I've heard is typically because you have to reheat it, and it's being cooked again at a high temperature to preserve it, to seal it, to you know, vacuum seal that whole. Thing That whole process reheats that broth. So remember when I said slow and steady, like creates that gelatin, that um, jiggly-ness? After you skim off the fat, you should see that, you know, when I told you to chill it. When you're all done, you skim off the fat, then you get to the good part and that's like jello-y when it's cooled off. Well, you're heating it back up again at a really high temp. And so chances are you might be killing off some of that beneficial um, gelatin and collagen that might be in there. Now, is it totally a waste? Absolutely not. Like, just know that maybe you, you know, if you can use it more from fresh, <laughs> you know, if you didn't make a whole bunch of it and you and you just made a good portion, you can keep in your fridge for a week or so and use it over the week, great. Um, if you freeze it, I mean, I, I'm just assuming it kind of just all gets frozen right on in there, all the jiggly stuff. Um you know, you can't really tell after you thaw it and are melting it because it's not in that like in-between stage to see the jello-y jiggliness. Um, But in the jars from pressure canning, typically might not have as much of that or none at all. It's not a waste. I don't care. Like sometimes it's just like, I made this. I know it's good for us still. And I, sorry, I just heard a noise and I my kids are watching a movie. (laughs) So I just wasn't sure what that was. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm still very proud of, and will still use and rely on the broth that I have downstairs. So pressure canning, you put them in jars, you seal them, you pop them in the hot. Um, there's like three quarts of water in the bottom and then you seal it. And it builds pressure with the steam. So you put a little pressure gauge on top and then you watch it rise. It has to be at 11 pounds of pressure for 25 minutes for the quartz. And this is stuff that I've just read in the book that it came with. Like if you're doing broth, this many pounds, which just means I just watch the gauge until it gets to 11. That means there's 11 pounds of pressure in there. And then I kind of turn the heat down a little bit so it doesn't get too high. And then I set a timer. And then you let it cool off and do its thing. Let the let the pressure um, decompress before you open it, which takes a little while, which is fine. And then it comes out. You let them cool. You let them sit for at least 12 hours and you check all the seals. And if they're good to go, they're good to go. And that's it. That's all that there is to pressure canning. Then I put them down in my basement, which is basically like a cellar. And I grab them. Uh, You know, we're going to be making, you know, if I'm making a gravy, if I'm making a beef stew, I did it when we made beef stew the other week, Um, which I feel like we don't eat beef stew that often. And when we do, I'm like, oh, I wish I had beef broth, like good beef broth. Like every time I make this, I feel like I'm always having to run run to the store and, you know, skimp on a a brand just so we can have the beef broth or I'm using like beef bouillon, um, which just isn't the same. And so I just love being able to know that it's not sitting in my freezer forever taking up space. Um, and that I found a way to make it. And I can just grab it when I want from the basement. I can make a gravy when I want, um, you know, with it. And then pot pies and chicken soup. Are, we're going to have a pot pie either tonight or tomorrow. And I have um, some that I didn't pressure can right now um, that I'm going to use for the pot pie. today. Um, today, but chicken soup, any of that, like... I'm just, I'm just so grateful to be able to have it. And so some people will also just sip on this. They love to sip on it in the mornings. Um, it's like if you're really on a health journey, um, bone broth is going to be one of those things that's going to lower inflammation, that's going to um, help those joints, it's going to help your digestive system. It's so good for gut health. Um, it's, a, it's a good source of protein too. Um, but collagen also is not a f- complete source of protein. So don't just rely on any collagen sources to meet your protein needs and requirements because it is a different kind and not a complete form. Um, But it's, it's very good. And like I said, it helps with your skin, your joint. I mean, people are doing collagen shots like nobody's business. Okay. (laughs) So like, just save your money and, you know, put your, put your mind to it. You've spent the money already on whatever meat you bought. If it, it and if it is a higher quality, get your bang for your buck. I'm telling you, throw pop those bones in the freezer till you're ready to throw them in a pot or a crock pot. Put whatever you want in there, and then fill it up with some water and let it simmer. Strain it out and either use it right away, keep it in your fridge for a week or two, freeze it, pressure can it, whatever you want to do. Like you are so capable and and I want you to know that and so um, you can do the beef you can do the chicken it, it doesn't matter the beef bones just re- reminding you like if you want to bake them um, prior that's about the only difference I don't do anything different for beef versus chicken all depends on the flavors you like I have people that will throw all the bones together because I remember reaching out to a couple of friends who are homesteaders and I was like so what do you do you save pork bones what do you do with those? like, I feel like that's gross. And they're like, Oh, no, like, we just throw it all in. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just learning all these things. And you know, because I don't ever really see like pork bone broth on the shelves at the store. Maybe there is. I'm just not paying attention. And uh, so anyway, you can mix and match, you can keep them separate, you can roast the bones, you don't have to roast the bones, you can add veggies and herbs if you want, you don't have to. Typically, you The goal is to get the most nutrition out of it. So cook it low and slow. Awesome if you get that jelly, gelatinous um, texture. If it doesn't always happen, it doesn't always happen. But that's okay. That's okay. Mine doesn't always get that way. Um, So yeah, I I hope this helps. Again, so save the bones. When you have enough and you're ready, throw them in your cooking vessel of choice. Fill it to cover the bones with water. Add your goods that you want, low and slow, 24, 36, 48 hours. Strain everything out. I hope you're taking notes. (laughs) Strain everything out. Then choose how you're going to preserve it. Let it cool. Well, First you want to let it cool so you can skim off the fat and all the things. I find that it's easier on our bellies. I... I found that I wasn't doing that for a while and I was wondering why I always just felt gassy and just off and it was because I wasn't doing that part. I forgot to mention that. So I feel that I feel like we can tolerate a little better because it's less fatty in the whole like mixture. And um, I don't really want it in there. I just want the broth. Uh, we get our fat sources from plenty other things. So... Um, s- cool it, skim off the fat, then figure out, am I freezing it? Am I using it within the next week or two? Great, keep it in the fridge. Or am I going to learn to pressure can it? Um, depending on what you have access to and what you want to do, um, that's your other option. So I hope that this this helps. It's delicious. It's how I um, have loved being able to repurpose something that I've spent a little extra money on, if it's like an organic or pasture-raised or whatever um it it just makes sense save yourself a little money get yourself something good and healthy learn a self-sufficient skill that is like something I've been on a kick on if you haven't noticed (laughs) I'm all about self-sufficiency um these days and I just I love it I crave it I love learning um what are you know back in the day like Little House on the Prairie days what they did And um, it just, I don't know, for some reason it matters to me and and I love being able to nourish our bodies with these rich foods that are just, it's not a powder, it's not something from a supplement company, it's not, you know, yes we use some of those things but I wonder if there's ever a time that I could get away from buying some of those things and just be like no we're gonna just live simply off of these things and not need to am I investing in too many different, you know, supplement type things when really I could just be getting it from real whole food type things? Because back then they weren't buying their collagen powder and they weren't buying their protein powder and they weren't buying this fat burning vitamin and they weren't buying this omega-3 pill. Like, no, they just, it was like how they ate and it never was a problem until society shifted and Industries are booming and manufacturing companies and all the things and farms were less and all of that stuff. So that's a whole other topic. But anyway, I really hope that this was helpful, that you hopefully took some notes or just back it up here. Um, I gave the tips somewhere between 40 and 45 minutes of this episode, I believe. So like the general like quick breakdown of the steps and uh share it with anyone do it with someone do it with your mom do it with a friend like get on the bone bath train sorry for the sniffling (laughs) um but I made it through and um yeah I just I so appreciate you guys and I hope that you um give it a try especially during these colder months do it you're not going to want to do it in summer. It's not fun in the summertime. Honestly, you don't want hot pots and crock pots and soup. Nobody eats soup in the summer. Like it's just not a thing. So, to have it on hand um to grab off the shelf in the summer or out of the freezer for just sipping or for when you want to make a soup like great, but you don't have to be heating up your kitchen and dealing with all of that. Um so do it now when it's cozy inside. Um don't look at it as a failure your first or second rounds. Um yeah, you should just, yeah, just try it. You should be getting a nice golden rich color from the chicken, um, a little bit more brownish probably from the beef, which makes sense. Um, and you're just going to be in awe of this like golden liquid or just this beautiful liquid that you cooked and loved on for two, three days and spent the time. Honestly, it's it's not hard. It's Like the only thing is getting it all together and then you just let it sit. And then you have to deal with all the like junk in it. But honestly, I said, like I don't I don't try to figure out all the time how to repurpose every single thing. And I don't have like animals and things like that to feed any of this to, or I don't know. I'm not sure what people do. But I just throw it in a grocery garbage bag and pop it in my garbage outside. Don't throw it inside. Get it outside right away. <laughs> and not somewhere where animals can tear it apart. Um, get it covered in something. And uh, yeah, you'll be on your merry way. So if this episode was helpful, please leave a review, share what you learned, post in our Facebook group. It's always linked in my emails in the show notes of this page. Um, share it with a friend, screenshot, tag me. I love your feedback. Um, I, it really keeps me going. And um, I look forward to sharing more of these things that I make homemade and how um, the the prop or the beneficial um, nutrition that comes from it and um, the value that it comes that comes from making it homemade Uh, and I hope that my love of it makes you want to love it And if not, then just go buy it if you want that instead. Like, hey, not everybody is me (laughs) so or has the time for for such things. But I hope it was useful information. I know it was. And um, I hope that you guys are blessed this week. Have an awesome week. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.